You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. Here we are once again, you know, a little late. We had an outbreak of the plague, but we're back, despite our recent website crash. Cause I, maybe maybe <laughs> it's a pre-con crud. At least so you get it out of the way. If you go ahead and get the sick now, maybe you won't, you'll survive the Legionnaire's disease at Dragon Con. Or <laughs> you know, it's just give my uh, immune system a, a pre-workout, you know. I, yeah, give it a little punch. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which. Speaking of which, what, what are, are we smoking, smoking this, this week? week? <laughs> it's like I, I was channeling your energy. I knew what you were about to say. Uh, well, speaking of punch, uh, we are smoking a punch signature, but this go-round we are smoking the Matafina, which... Yeah, punch has just released like uh, three, they're calling it the Punch Store Press Series. It's three special uh, editions of the... You know the old uh, Punch Signature series, which is that's probably much one of my go-to cigars. Like that and the Diablo have been my like everyday smokes here recently. And you have the the three they they raising a broad a broadleaf, a Habano, and what we have here today the Montefina, which is you know for folks that are fan of uh, Brazilian cigars, uh, you know the Montefina is one of those coveted wrappers that you know. Folks, uh, you know, tend to try to search out for, and um, you know, so with this cigar, you're going to get that Montefina wrapper over a Nicaraguan binder and Nicaraguan fillers. Yeah, so it's, I mean, if you like the original signature series, this kind of just gives it a little bit of a, I don't know, a little switch up of the flavor. Yeah, uh, you know, to me, a Montefina, um, and and you know, bear with me because uh, you know I am still getting over the plague and whatnot, but um, you know. A, a a sweet earthiness is what I always get out of a you know Brazilian wrapper. Um, so you know this this here is going to be you know more medium. Um, but you know I, I I like the the Nicaraguan binder and filler combination because it does bring out a, 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 just a little bit of spice. Um, and and. You know, I kind of feel like I'm more sensitive to that, you know, right now, still sort of being under the weather. And a, kind of a cool thing, too, I guess, from the marketing side, since these are the special store press series, instead of being, I mean, and, you know, the original signature series was your, you know, standard uh, cigar, well, these are all a box press, but instead of being sold in a traditional box, they're sold in the pressing trays. So if you ever wonder what, like, a box press actually looks like, you know, that's pretty much what they come with when you see them in the stores is in a, you know, box press tray. Yeah, and I think this is more, you know, what you would see if you were to visit a cigar factory, um, you know, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, speaking of uh, seeing strange things like that, this week we're going to be talking about the new season of Stranger, Thre- Stranger Things, Chapter 3, Episode, or whatever, Series 3, whatever you want to call it. And if you're going to fight Demi Gordons from an alternate dimension, you should call in a Strike Force. StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order. I mean, you're going to need a little extra energy if you're fighting evil Russians in, in a mall from the 80s. 
Yes, absolutely. So, uh, with no further adieus, stay tuned for the main segment. Spoilers ahead if you haven't seen this. And if you haven't seen it, the fuck are you doing with your life? And we're back. We're back to the upside down yet again. Does that mean we're right side up now? Well, we... Well, no, because I guess we were upside down. Then, you know, second season we got righted. Now I guess we've been Sideways? inverted again. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a very topsy-turvy, you know, world in, in the, the town of Hawkins. Yeah, I mean, I can understand why uh, Joyce and the kids are wanting to move because there's a lot of bad shit happens in that town. <laughs> Which is so weird, because, uh, you know, for all the stuff that happens, like, you would think that more global, you know, I- influence would be like, there's some crazy shenanigans happen in this city. <laughs> but then again, I mean, you know, here we are, you know, we got Area 51, and I don't know yeah, about areas to clap 1 through, uh, through 50, but, um, you know, I'm sure they're out there somewhere, like... Those are the sites I really want to know about. Like, everybody knows there's an Area 51. <laughs> what, what what precedes all of those is, you know, probably where the real uh, secrets lie. Go to Area 69. <laughs> that's where they keep the weird, the aliens. So, uh, anyway. Um, I, I believe that's probably reserved for, you know, more interspecies erotica. And <laughs> Intergalactic erotica. Yeah, so, I mean, there's quite a time wait for i mean first two seasons we got them about a year apart and then it was like a two-year break before we we got to well it's probably like damn all the kids are going through puberty their voices are cracking like they can't get through you know <laughs> their their lines and stuff i mean you know I, I, that that was one of the things too is weird because like i said it's been so long since this thing started they're playing like I mean, they, they, there's kind of been a time jump within the series as well. I guess they're like high school age now, but they're still like, I would say, supposed to be 13, 14. They're not driving yet. But, yeah, like, forget, especially, uh, what's his name, Finn Wolfhard. I mean, that dude's voice dropped uh, since the last season. <laughs> like, all these kids, him and him and Will both just sounded completely different this time, this time around. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, like... You know, regardless of, you know, as the kids, you know, get older and and progress, like, I want, you know, the series to continue to kind of progress with their age, you know, I mean. I mean, the Duffer Brothers, they're in the middle of filming season four, and, you know, they've said four is a definite, maybe a five, but then again, like I said, they could kind of progress with the kids as they, they age up, but then also, like, kind of one of the explanations of the time delays the duffers you know said they 
they didn't want to rush something together just to get a second season out. They, you know, wanted to spend the time and write something that was, you know, as good as the stories that they had uh, they had started telling. And um, the production value of this <laughs> this season, like the budget, you, you could tell you, you could that... tell they they spent time and money because it was just a lot bigger story. I think this time around than the previous season well i mean you know obviously they've spent more i mean you know the shambles the mall was in you know prior to them taking over the food court and such so i mean <laughs> yeah i'd say most of the budget went into rebuilding gwinnett place mall you know everyone who's not from georgia that was the filming location of season or you know the big part of season three of for the new star court mall that has opened in hawkings but yeah that mall was like a dead mall i mean <laughs> I, you know, I have a prediction for Dragon Con. <laughs> What's that? Someone's going to dress up as them all? No. I, I, I feel like we're going to have far more Scoops Ahoy cosplayers <laughs> than there will be Deadpools. Uh, maybe. I mean, I tried to find Hopper's sweet Hawaiian shirt. I could not find it in my side. Because there are people, there's costume companies already selling oh, the yeah, Hopper. I think Hot Topic had. Yeah, you know, Hopper the... has, uh, there's like an official Hot Topic Hopper shirt. <laughs> Because I've seen, like, the police uniform hopper, but I want to see the Magnum P.I. Uh, Hawaiian shirt hopper this year. <laughs> I would totally rock that if I could find one in, in uh, 4X. I think you could make it happen, too. I, I, but, you know, that's that's just kind of my early early prediction, you know. This... Kind of made me want to be like, dang, why didn't I ever work at an ice cream stand? <laughs> I, have you seen Baskin Robbins is actually selling the SS Butterscotch? You can you can go get the Scoops Ahoy uh, signature dish at Baskin Robbins right now. You know, now. I I think it's kind of sad. I don't even know where a Baskin Robbins is anymore. I think there's one at the mall. <laughs> That's about the only one I know of. Like I can remember like uh, Baskin Robbins being inside like some crystals and stuff like that, but I don't even think that's really things anymore. Or you know, was it a it was a Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins was the last thing I saw, a combo store. But, yeah, other than, I think, a mall kiosk, I, don't, I haven't seen one in a while, at least not around here. But the, uh, yeah, from someone who grew up here in the in the 80s, when, when they got that first episode where they went to the mall, I was like, holy shit, this looks exactly like it did in the 80s. And they said they not only built the storefronts, they stocked the store just in case they wanted to shoot you know, inside some of the stores. So, I mean, it was like straight, I don't know where they got their like prop uh, department is awesome. Cause I mean, I was like, Holy crap, this is straight up. They probably just exactly like how this mall looked in the eighties thrift store. They could, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that or, you know, I mean, was, Coke even brought back new Coke for a limited time because <laughs> of the series. <laughs> what was wrong with old Coke? I mean, old Coke's great. Fucking that new Coke shit was nasty. It only lasted like a year, and everyone was like, "This sucks." And they went back to the classic. It had to be a marketing ploy. Like, we'll throw new Coke for a little while to make people want old Coke uh, more, and then we'll re-release in a year as Coca-Cola Classic, <laughs> and make a shitload of money. Secretly, like they removed the cocaine, and they're like, "Okay, people definitely like the cocaine. We got to get that back in there." Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, we've, before we get into, like, specifics, uh, like, every season has kind of had throwbacks to the 80s, or, or like, theme-wise, as far as, like, 
big movies and what. Like, I think we said season one very much leaned heavily on ET and and some of the and season two had a lot more horror throwbacks. This season definitely felt like an homage to Invasion of the Body Snatchers and the yes, Blob. Absolutely, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Blob, and of course Magnum PI and the Terminator. <laughs> We, we got the Russian like there Terminator. Were some, you know, uh, some, you know, definite Sarah O'Connor moments. Yeah, because that guy that uh, uh, was the kind of the enforcer for the secret Russians, he kind of even looked like a young Arnold. Yes, they even make the joke at one point when um, Hopper's trying to get information out of the mayor. He's like, "Who's the guy that was in your office?" He's Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and even every time he sh- he doesn't say a whole lot, and every time he shows up, they even kind of like there's a little bit of a musical cue that almost like it, it's, uh, it almost sounds like that Terminator theme. Anytime that dude would like <laughs> show up on screen, I mean, there's like uh, that whatever final fight scene him and Hopper when he Hopper like smacks him in the face and he kind of turns around, and his face is like a little bit bloody, and there's like he's like red backlit. That looks like a shot straight out of Terminator. I'm like I pretty sure I've seen this shot before. <laughs> they, you know, that's one thing about uh, as, as good as the show is, I mean, it leans heavy into the 80s nostalgia, but it's good enough that it's it, it doesn't have to, but it, I still like that you know, the Duffers are big enough fans of 80s pop culture that you can just see all the influences that they've, well, they've wanted to play with. I mean, I, I, I think you know, not necessarily for the nostalgia purposes, but, you know, the 90s were kind of, you know, that, hey, we're stuck behind screens and technology. Like, the 80s, I think, was the last, you know, real get out, explore, have adventures, you know, childhood generation before, you know, everything became, you know, technology-oriented. Yeah, coming. you know. So I mean, you know, as far as adventure and storytelling is concerned, I, you know, I, I think you are hard pressed to find a better, you know, generation. Yeah, because I mean, back in I the eighties, you know, the 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 sixties and seventies, everybody were stoned. They just stayed plastered to their couches and you know went to rock concerts and you know that type of thing. You know, uh, we've already seen that with that seventies show. <laughs> Yeah, that and too. Yeah, the eighties were kind of like the last time of freedom as a kid. Uh, you know, I guess pre-internet days and and twenty-four hour news cycles making. I guess that's when our chickens and our kids the, uh, were free reign. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, like they even have that point where where Joyce is looking for the kids and runs into Mike's mom and they're like, "Where's the kids?" And they're like, uh, "I don't know. I think they were at Lucas's house." It's it's hard. It's the summer. It's hard to keep up with them. I mean, nowadays, like, we don't want to let our kids, like, go across the street by themselves, but without knowing exactly where they are. But back in the 80s, you know, you could ride on your bikes and fight monsters. Oh, I mean, that used to be kind of the rule in (laughs) in my parents' house growing up was you were outside and doing stuff from sunup, and, you know, then you were home about dark to Yeah, as long as you were home by dinner, they didn't really get, or if you weren't going to, you had to call. But, yeah, that was, it was like a... A freer time, I guess. <laughs> it's hard to. It's, it'd be hard to set this story now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with you know everybody having phones and everything else, it'd be like, oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe you know the Demogorgon took out a cell tower. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, because there, there's so much of this story that, kind of like season two, where the team is, is separated and there's almost like three separate stories going on simultaneously and then they all intersect at the the end for the final and the I, final battle. I actually kind of like that. You know, when it first kicked off, I was like, oh, we're only getting small segments. But then you started seeing the events unfold and then how everything meshed together as one big story. And, you know, that, that was kind of cool, you know. And it was also, you know, very much you know, reality, you know, when you're in elementary school and, you know, stuff like that. And you're always with the same group of friends. But then people, you know, in middle school start getting girlfriends or, you know, a couple of folks are off to camp or doing this type of thing. So, you know, it was... I don't know. I mean, you know, to me, it just seemed like a natural progression, and, it, you know, it felt right. Yeah, because you couldn't have had them kind of all getting into shit independently if they were as interconnected as we are today. We were like, oh, shit, let me let me call uh, call uh, freaking Dustin and let him know what's going on. But, you know, like I said, they were dependent on their walkie-talkies, and everyone was kind of off on their own little adventure until all the shit got kind of pulled together. But then again, like, if you went through the shit of the first two seasons, do you think you ever get to become a kid in that town again? <laughs> like, it's kind of crazy how, like, you know, the parents are like, ah, we'll just let these events be bygones, you know, and, you know, try to, you know, get some sense of normalcy versus uh, we're getting the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, especially Joyce. I mean, she had her kid, like, kidnapped, and then he got possessed. I'm like, how does she let him out of her sight? <laughs> But she's like, ah, it's all gone. I'm, I'm just whatever. <laughs> He'll be okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's the '80s, you know. I guess parents were just a little, little different. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you know, from season two, we had the 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 mind flare trying to invade Hawking's Earth until you know. L slammed the gate on him. Well, this time around, we've got some some Russians who are up to some shady shit. I mean, it starts off with some Russians like they're trying to open the gate in Russia, and it fails horribly. But then they, you know, give a Doctor Alexei like you have a year to make this work, and then it cuts to them making it work. But they're in looks like the same type bunker thing. You don't realize yet that oh, the shit's in Hawking's because. <laughs> but when they kind of open the gate, so does that exist below the mall? It might. That's that's the only reason that mall's still there is it's covering up some kind of bunker. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. Like, <laughs> I gotta find that storage room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the uh, so this you know the last two seasons we had the shady government scientists. This time we have shady Russian scientists, which kind of fits in the uh the 80s era of movies it was you know nowadays everything's terrorists but back in the day if you had a villain in a movie it had to be a russian and shout out to their casting department because when you look at like the credits they got actual russians to play russians i mean it wasn't a you know bad russian accent like i do all the time my they had legit russians playing russians <laughs> in fact our russian uh, terminator was andre avinchko as gorgi and of course, uh, Alexei as well, uh, played by Alec Uktugolf. But yeah, it's like all the Russian guys were like legit Russians. 
And you base that strictly on their last names. Yeah, and they're Russian last names. So. I mean, maybe Russian. <laughs> it it via sounds Miami. like you might be named after vodka. <laughs> <laughs> You're <a> cast. <laughs> oh, and you know, last season they, they you know, you know from well from the start they've brought in kind of famous '80s people to be in the show. I mean, of course, you know, one of the main stars is uh, Winona Ryder who plays Joyce. But uh, and then last season we had. Uh, What's his name from the Goonies? Well, this time we've got the we're introduced to a new character in town, the shady mayor, uh, who is uh, played by uh, you know Princess Bride star uh, Carrie Ilwis as Mayor Larry Klein, who's you know the one cigar smoker in Hawkins apparently, but uh, <laughs> even though he's like a shady asshole who's who's uh sold out the town to the russians and and you know that's kind of the crazy thing too is you know like anytime we see cigar smoking you know in in a show or whatever of course it grabs our attention but i mean tobacco was just a huge you know part of everyday you know culture back in the 80s and it's crazy now like you know we were talking about this at the cigar shop how you know if you start researching stranger things see how many people are upset about you know smoking and you know that type of stuff and it's like yeah snowflake motherfuckers find anything to be upset about but yeah everyone was a chain smoker there was no these and no smoking laws i mean you could smoke in any building any government building you know hell hopper firing up a cigarette in a, an italian restaurant that was just hell i'm up until i mean i can remember you know it used to be you go to the waffle house and every table had one of those little you know brass colored you yeah. know disposable ashtrays on it and you know that was just a thing you know Shit, and up fact, until 10 15 years ago you go in like mcdonald's and wendy's they would be little disposable yeah. ashtrays on the tables but the people are like and netflix is like all right we're in new netflix thing now we're not going to have smoking unless it's like historically accurate to the to the story or whatnot which was historically accurate yeah, i mean i was like you don't fucking need to like you know get a life <laughs> who cares and i don't know i mean cigarettes? it's not gonna be long but you know social media you know facebook everything else will go that way and you know they'll be like no we're no longer gonna allow post about you know cigars yeah i'm surprised our shit's not getting shut down yet as people people are so freaking psycho about uh you know tobacco it probably use. has been we just don't keep a close enough watch on it <laughs> it did take me two days before i realized our website was down <laughs> it's like i only go there when i post stuff <laughs> i'm more active on the facebook page i was like Wait a minute. The website's not working. Fuck! Now i got to remember how to fix this. <laughs> so. So, yes, we have... The big mall apparently was just a... There to cover I, I, I a know, secret a, Russian a big, base. Uh, a big front, which... Uh, I... I mean, the Russians had to pay for all that shit in the basement somehow. <laughs> What's better than a mall to fund your secret uh research lab but i don't know i mean mad props to you know the kids for figuring out you know the the secret russian message because i i would have not figured that shit out like (laughs) i i'm convinced like that's probably a group that you would want to experience an escape room in i'm probably not that person because i'll never put the fucking clues together (laughs) yeah because like we said there's almost like three separate stories lines so You've brought up the, those kids. Let's talk about uh, uh, the scoop troop, as they call them. You know, poor poor Steve Harrington, who was uh, you know 
became like the the ultimate babysitter of season two, and like the big man like you know on campus is now a loser working at the mall ice cream shop. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, like I I I get it. You know, people say, "Oh yeah, he was the guy," but I mean, you know. I guess it depends on what you want in life. Because, I mean, I, I pretty much feel like the chick behind the counter was probably one of the best catches he could have in Hawkins. So, you know, the <laughs> fact that he was there, you know, scooping and, and, and macking, you know, on her was probably a, a pretty good, you know, shot. I mean, you know, he's already got mad respect from everybody from, you know, ninth grade down, you know, like... <laughs> Yeah, and so I mean, you know, like you know, girls talk about, oh, we want a great guy. Well, there he is, and nah, he's a loser. Yeah, you know? he works we at the ice cream store. We want now. the guy on the muscle car that's secretly a demon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know, we got Dustin has come back from a weird science camp and met supposedly a girl that is hot as uh, Phoebe Cates and super smart, which everyone assumes is fake. And he, it's that whole thing. She lives in Utah, guys. Like, of course, y'all. That's why I have to tell people I have a girlfriend because they 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 make that same assumption. Like, oh, it's probably fake. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hell, I just post a picture of my wife on Facebook. Like, here's a picture of my wife because she says I never post stuff about her on Facebook. (laughs) She's a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, Dustin with his fancy uh, radio tower trying to contact his uh, internet girlfriend before the internet stumbles upon a Russian. transmission <laughs> and of course takes it to his buddy Steve going I mean I hey, can man. remember playing with you know walkie talkies and you get some crazy cross you know yeah I used to have one of those those old big 80s boombox and it had a shortwave radio channel and you could like pick up some like weird stuff at night when you're flipping through the shortwave so, uh, channels I mean, you know maybe maybe that was our you know adventure and yeah Think of think of the shit we might have missed out on because we weren't smart enough to figure out that these are probably coded messages. <sighs> we needed a Dustin to, to figure this stuff out for us. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, uh, yeah, Steve's new sidekick in the mall, uh, one of our new new uh, guests this season, Robin Buckley, played by Maya Hawk. Probably the coolest chick in, in Hawkins at this point. I mean, this was like the girl that like I would have hung out with back in the... <laughs> it's like, I'm a band geek and I'm super smart. I can totally translate this Russian uh, <laughs> thing for you guys. <laughs> it's like fucking Dustin's making like, you know, you know, pop culture reference. And she's like, knows like all the nerdy shit he's talking about. So it's like, she's like the secret nerd chick. And poor Dustin, he finally like realized like, oh, I've got this great girl that... I've ignored here that's and then she turns out to be a lesbian. <laughs> the dude cannot get a break. <laughs> he he loses uh loses his girl season one or season two, but then gains like the respect of all the kids and learns how to be a good dude. And then he finally meets another kind of girl that could be on his level and then she turns out to like girls too. But then he ends up with a best friend, so it's kind of a you know he he, he he, I mean, he loses out on love, but now he's got the ultimate wingman. <laughs> and as a wingman, that's really hard to beat for all the wrong reasons. Stupid <laughs> male brain. <laughs> uh, and that's the kind of shit why we don't get, you know, bigger publicity. 
but yeah, of of the new uh, the new crew, uh, like she was she was pretty cool to to join their little adventure. And I like when Dustin shows up too. She's like, "How many kids are you friends with?" <laughs> All of them. Scoop ice cream. Shit. Uh, and uh, you know, the other part of of the uh, scoop uh, scoops troop um, was Lucas's sister that we met last season, but she got she kind of like made it to uh, full team status this season because they need someone small enough to fit into the air shafts because if you're doing some kind of weird heist or spy movie someone's gonna have to crawl in an air shaft that's just guaranteed well but, i mean you but know, she's gangster as fuck i mean I she's mean, like it's extorting them though as as many free samples as she was taken advantage of it was time she earned her keep yeah you know operation child endangerment <laughs> it's like can we can we uh call that something else I don't think that was a real term in the eighties. Yeah, no. Shit. <laughs> and I like when like they they see the they figure out crack the code and figure out there's some kind of weird Russian thing going on inside the mall, and they see the guards guarding the supply room that they want to raid, and he's like, oh, "I'll just go down there and take him out." And they're like, "What are you talking? About? I'll kick his ass." And he's like, "Dude, be honest with me. Have you ever won a fight?" He's like, I only lost once. Like, no, no. You also got beat up by Jonathan. That's twice. <laughs> like, have you ever won a fight? <laughs> When they finally, like, you know, accidentally stumble across the Russian base, and he fights the Russian radio operator, and he's like, dude, you finally want to fight? <laughs> and then immediately gets his ass stomped by the rest of the Russians, but Steve finally had, like, his, he's like, yeah, I want to fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's a no-win situation that you're in there, though. I mean... You know, luckily they were all kind of young. I, I felt like a lot of pity was given. You know, I think if it had been, you know, Hopper and Joyce stumbling in first, you know, that that scenario would have been much, much worse. You know, I, I no, they'd probably just shot them yes. immediately. But then they're like, the Russians like, who do you work for? It's like, I work for Scoops. <laughs> I'm wearing a fake Navy outfit. Do you really think I'm CIA? <laughs> oh, I don't know which. I don't know. I, I kind of, you know, kept, you know, having flashbacks to Austin. Who does number two work for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but to backtrack a little, like I said, this this season, uh, of course, when the Russians crack open the gate, there was a piece of the Mind Flayer that was left behind when the gate, uh, you know, the, the part that was inside Will. Well, once the gate is open, it's able to reconnect with its brain, and it starts taking over the town, you know, starting off with the rats and liquefying them and making a small body, and then it's able to start possessing people. And it very much reminds me of, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where it's kind of snatching the people, not just everybody, but people it needs to, like, it, I, t- it takes over the media, so, like, if even news gets but, out, I mean, he's going to be able to cover with, it up. You know, uh, what's her name, Nancy, you know, doing the news reporting stuff yeah. and everything, like... I definitely felt like that was some Nancy Drew type shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, it takes over a couple of the cops, a couple, of, you know, a few probably random people, but you know, a lot of people that, and, and, and of course, it, it takes over Billy as its like kind of main puppet. But and isn't that crazy? Like how you could be like hating Billy for so long. And then, like, 
there toward the end of the season being like, fuck. Yeah, because, I mean, I've always said I like a villain that doesn't think they're the villain, but, yeah, you almost feel sorry for because Billy's such a douchebag in season two, but then when Elle goes into his head trying to find out where the Mind Flayer's hiding, she gets to see, like, oh, he was a good kid at one point, and his dad was abusive, and his mom abandoned them, and all this bad shit happened to him to kind of make him into the douchebag he is, and eventually he, like, you know, you know, she reminds him of who he was, and he's able to fight off the Mind Flayer's control, and kind of becomes, like, a, sac- you know, dies a hero by the end, and you're like, for you know, a guy that you absolutely hated in season two, and most of this season, he was like, Oh shit! You gave the guy like a redemption story, which was was kind of cool writing, and also like you know we mentioned you know '80s heart you know the hottie from the '80s uh, Phoebe Cates. Everyone remembers that iconic moment of her coming up out of the pool with that song and from Fast Times Ridgemont High and the slow motion of her coming up out of the water. They almost did a reverse I, of that. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Google it, <laughs> but they did a re- kind of a reverse of that because all the all the moms are like in love with Billy because he's like the lifeguard of the pool, and you get him coming out of the locker room like no shirt on, slow mo walking by the pool, and they're even playing that same song from like Fast Times at Ridgemont High when Phoebe Cates gets up out of the pool. <laughs> it was like, and freaking you know, last season there by felt like it was just you know Baywatch all over. Yeah, I mean last season they made the joke that you know Billy was gonna like you know bang Mike's mom, but he damn near did. I mean, <laughs> and Mike's mom, you know kind of a milf this season <laughs> I mean she was like macking on Billy and like and like almost like went you know because she's like you know I know all the swimming moves the the bat you know the the butterfly the breaststroke in fact there's a really good pool at Motel 6 so I could give you some private lessons and she gets all dressed up and is like heading out the door and then she sees her husband like snoring because he's like you know fell asleep holding the kid and she's just like Oh, I can't do it. He's like too good of a guy. I I actually love him, but for like a second there, she was about to go bang Dilly. Ah <laughs> oh, yes, if only real life worked that way. <laughs> but yeah, that was like the weirdest. I was like, oh shit. But yeah, that. Uh, and I like kind of how they've Els. They've the way they kind of showed how stronger Els' character is this season. Where season one for her to go into the, I don't know, the shadow realm or whatever, where she can like remote view on people, you know, she had to be in a deprivation tank. And then last season, you know, like she met the other child from the lab that kind of taught her more how to use her powers more. And then this season, it's like, oh, she doesn't even need a deprivation tank. She can just use a blindfold and some like white noise and do the same shit that took her like an entire deprivation tank to pull off in season one. You know, it's kind of just showed how much more powerful she has become through the, <laughs> through the time of the series. And, and, and mad props to Hopper for trying to figure out how to raise somebody with those powers. Yeah. Cause as a hormonal pissed off teenage girl, like <laughs> that could mind bitch slap you across the room. You know, it's like, I'll just destroy the fucking house, everything in it. I don't care, you know. <laughs> like, oh, uh, poor Hopper too. He's such like, cause I mean, he he had a kid, but the kid like died of cancer when they were still young. So this is the first time of him having to deal with a teenage daughter who's starting to date, 
and he is just so like uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like in his in his like rocking chair or his the recliner. He's like leaning way back to like see what she's doing, and she's in there like making out with Mike, and he's like losing his shit. <laughs> It's like it's almost like Hopper was much happier when he had Russians to fight because he's like I-, I can deal with these assholes. It's dealing with a teenage daughter that scares the shit out of me. Word. <laughs> kind of going through that shit myself now. Like, <clears throat> uh, it's like, what do you know about guns? Oh, nothing. Well, here's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't really do that shit anymore. Like, you know. Oh. Uh. Yeah, definitely they they leaned heavily on turning Hopper into Magnum P.I. this season. <laughs> the Hawaiian shirt and the big-ass mustache. I mean, he's even, like, sitting there chilling watching Magnum P.I. at one point. It's like... <laughs> it's my idol. <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody even calls him, like, Easy Magnum or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh. So appropriate, yes. <laughs> so... You know, it all starts with magnets falling off fridges, and of course, Joyce, like, jumps right into, like, it's gotta be monsters again, because she's super paranoid, but every time everybody thinks she's super paranoid, she's right. (laughs) Eventually, people just need to jump on Joyce's uh, bandwagon from the start. I mean, that's kind of the the thing, is, you know, after the events of the first and second season, and it's like, nobody still, you know, like, I would think that, nope, the sky's gray today, some shit's up. <laughs> like, you know, I would be so uber paranoid that, you know, if all of a sudden, hey, things that are magnetic all of a sudden have lost their, you know, magnet, you know, ization, like, mmm. <laughs> like, I, I, I think it would take more than just a high school professor again. To... <laughs> and I always, like, they bring him in to, like, explain the weird science because I did you know he only got like one episode this season but uh Randy Havens as uh, Scott Clark who we've actually met a couple times which I would have liked to have seen you know I I don't know for some reason I always just love the shit out of this character like I you know because people come show up and ask him like these random science questions he's like oh okay yeah this this is what it is let me let me build you a electromagnet in my garage and explain magnetism and, and stuff to you and that's seeing his house and that's exactly how you expect that dude to live. He's like in his garage building trains and and painting miniatures. He's like the grown-up version of like Will. <laughs> I could, uh, you know, I definitely see that. Yes. I I could see them having like an adult D&D game and like inviting Mr. Clark to join in like season 4. <laughs> so we need we need a guy, you know, Will left. We need we need yeah, a new but, DM. you know, here here's the thing is it wouldn't just be paper and pencil like it'd be like no. We need these interactive battlefields and everything else. Like, They're gonna go full LARP next season. Yeah. <laughs> and like all the shit that's going on, Will's like, "Come on, can we just go play some D and D?" I've been so through enough simpler. shit. <laughs> I've been possessed and kidnapped. Can we just play some D and don't want to go on any more adventures. I've had enough of this shit. <laughs> Getting too old for this shit, Riggs. <laughs> and this take place in '85. You know, next season. Are the kids going to get to see Beetlejuice and be like, that lady looks a lot like Will's mom? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're getting to that point where, like, Winona Ryder started star- starring in movies, like, within the next year or so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wonder how much further, you know, 
in time does it skip? You know, <laughs> exposed that they're you know already working on the next season uh, as we speak. But yeah, the uh, you know, and even Max, you know, I, I like seeing Max and uh, and Eleven kind of teaming up and having like a a girl's day at the mall because she's like you know never gets never get to be like a normal kid and she's like there's a lot more things to like you know boys and stuff let's like let's go do chick shit at the mall and get glamour shots which was a weird thing back in the 80s <laughs> and then this them spying on the boys and then being boys and like he's like they're like burping Dorito. oh you can taste the doritos like oh yeah i got something worse than that just rips like the most epic fart and fucking eleven's like what the hell <laughs> This is what they do when I'm not around. <laughs> I do feel like she got some bad advice, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I like... It's probably what our girlfriends are like. Yeah. Oh, God, they're together again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, they're totally plotting against me. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the... That's, uh, why, that's why, you know... We have to keep them, you know, small doses, separated, <laughs> you know, s- secretly there's this, you know, ongoing strategy, you know, like. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the other, uh, kind of the, you know, them trying to track down Billy, but then Nancy Drew investigating the weird mystery of the possessed rats. That, the, when that thing starts li- liquefying and and just turning into the the goo of bone and and that was a cool effect especially when you know they're like they come up with a plan once they finally get the kids and her on like the same path because hopper's off chasing russians and so are the the scoops ahoy kids well the other kids are investigating you know people are disappearing and getting possessed by the mind flare while you know she's checking out weird rat stories but then they show up, and they're like, well, we'll just, you know, if it's a hive mind, they're all connected. We'll just follow Miss Driscoll from the hospital to to the back to the base. And it's all a trap. They get there, and, like, her boss and, you know, Jake Busey, uh, the other douchebag reporter who, like, I always like seeing him and stuff. He's always hilarious. That's when shit gets, like, real dark. When they start trying to kill them, and then they fuck them up, and then they turn into that, like, blob monster. I was like... I see where all the money went this season because you yeah, got some I mean, the, serious effects. <laughs> yeah, the effects this season were just... I mean, not to di- you know discredit you know any of the previous seasons, but they, they, they took it up like five notches. Yeah, I mean, previous seasons kind of... There was a lot of shit done in the shadows or where you didn't get it like... I mean, they're like in a full-on like, you know, daylight or not... Day, you know, but bright light. Just... Those monsters were freaking... <laughs> like hideous and and that was kind of the the interesting thing is um you know this the season yeah it still had its you know light-hearted humor mute but it was dark and it was serious you know a, a lot more than we had gotten in the previous two seasons yeah you you like thought they were in legit danger i mean it was like the stakes got so much higher this time i mean the demi dogs were bad last season but this season it was like, oh fuck, everybody's gonna die. <laughs> if the Russian doesn't get you, then the monsters will. <laughs> yeah. And then you have, uh, and the whole them trying to uh, 
catch Billy and see if he's possessed and locking him in the uh, the uh, sauna. That scene too was like like friggin' scary shit too. When he just goes like friggin' just smashes through the glass and and uh, starts friggin' choking the shit out of Eleven. You're like, oh shit, it just got real. Because <laughs> I mean, last time the mind flayer was very much you know a monster where having him possess Billy and kind of speak through him just made it even that more much creepier like it gave it like an intelligence yes where last time you kind of assumed intelligence but now it's like this thing's making plans and and plotting shit and and setting traps you're like oh this is like a legit mastermind this isn't just some like the Demi Gordon was really a beast this thing is like the fucking master (laughs) I don't know it, it was the the, I think last season we got the body. This time we got the brain. Yeah. Maybe that's what you know. Season four is is everything comes together and we get you know. I've achieved my final form. <laughs> and you know it's straight up pinhead or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I like that yo. Know, when they when they get on that there is like some kind of weird Russian plot and they they're trying to find and they find Doctor Alexi and kidnap him, who doesn't speak any English. So they have to go back to uh, Murray from season two because he's like which we- is always one of my favorite characters. Yes, the weird conspiracy guy. He he of course he speaks a Russian. Played by comedian Brett Gilman. That dude is just hilarious when they just start you know interrogating Alexi and he's just like. I love America now. You have slushies and <laughs> Burger King and can we watch Looney Tunes? <laughs> and even even when they like they steal the dude's car and he's like, Don't say anything like he understands what he's like and he's like sitting in the car with his slushie and a big grin on his face, like, This guy's the you know like the most dangerous man in the world. He's like a child killer and he's in the back with his big grin and his slushie. <laughs> I mean which at the end of the day, I think Moose he's, you know, just, uh, you know, really a victim of circumstance. You know, he's not the brains of an operation. You know, if anything, he's the guy that, oh, you didn't do what I told you, and I'm gonna, you know, he's yeah. gonna be killed. You know, like, yeah, he's very much like forced to do all this. And he even says to when when you know, he has that conversation with uh, with Murray when they're not around. He's like, you know, when he's asked him like, you know, why did you do that? He's like. Would Edison just turn off a light bulb? I mean, I'm a scientist, you know. I was told it, you know, know, I. It was about the science to me. I didn't realize that this is all world ending shit, you know. (laughs) I figured out how to do a thing. Kind of like Tony Stark, you know. You know, accidentally building Ultron. (laughs) It wouldn't is maybe his intention, but then he's like, oh shit, this is all very bad, and I need to help y'all stop this before it, you know, destroys the world. And then he gets to go to a fair. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure, since all this was filmed in Georgia, I've been to that fair. That's probably like the Hawaii State Fair or something. It's definitely, I think the, the most of the fairs around here, the like the rides and the games and shit, is a company called Drew Exposition. They're the ones that always put on the, the rides at the coming fair. Yeah. And I'm like, all these rides look very familiar. But I'm you know pretty what? sure this is the same group that comes to coming. You know what pissed me off? <laughs> is... For like the last decade, there's been no Gravitrons at any fair. They had a fucking Gravitron. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Why why can't we have that today? It's because it's been it fucking Stranger Things has been hogging it the last couple of years. There's more than one. Because <laughs> I was like, oh shit, the Gravitron. I love that. I used to ride the shit out of that when I was a kid. Stay like, on it like four I or five could be times. Upside you... down, or you know, you could yeah. fucking stand on the rails and just lean out and be like, <laughs> "Here I am." Yep, and then you get the reveal that the mind flayer has been building a body with all these people he's p- possessing, and gets like the the kaiju <laughs> moment of of all the all the slaves kind of kind of coalesce into one giant flesh spider that yeah that that was insane when it atta- attacks them and you know props to Nancy for you know there's weird shit going on let me grab a shotgun she needs, needs to learn how to attack reload I'm saying you, just, you know the one in the chamber you don't have to load the whole tube in the middle of the fight <laughs> you need to go take fighting shotgun or something you know work on your skills <laughs> props for having a shotgun yeah and knowing how to actually put the shell in the right way. Exactly. And then and even she steals like a Russian's pistol and like freaking, you know, the car won't start and Billy's about to ram it and she just empties a magazine into the windshield, like does not even like flinch until the car is about to hit her. I was like, fucking Nancy's a badass. She's fucking Nancy Drew. There's like a million books written about her. <laughs> oh, and I love Hi, uh, hi, Steve, and hi, Robin. <laughs> when the Russians dope them up with, with uh, friggin' truth serum, and they're just high as shit, wandering the mall. <laughs> it happens to go see '80s classic Back to the Future. <laughs> He's like, "Stop me if I'm wrong, but that dude was totally gonna bang his mother, right?" <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they look at the big glass ceiling and just start tripping ball holes until they almost puke. It's just <laughs> and then it's so funny because like Dustin has to be the adult. <laughs> Steve is usually the the adult trying to rein the kids in, but this time it's very much like the reverse role where Dustin's like, oh, "God damn it, where, where the hell they go? <laughs> are y'all high? <laughs> what can y'all possibly be doing?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Are y'all high?" He's like, "I told you, Dad, I don't do drugs. It's only marijuana." <laughs> That and the whole. Okay, now we're on the verge of overdosing, so we gotta have our epic, you know, bathroom vomit, you know. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I guess if you wanna hide, a, a pack theater, you know, is a pretty good place. Yeah. Especially when Russians run them all. Yeah, but then when finally Hopper and Joy show up after, unfortunately, Alexi gets killed by Russian, uh, Russian uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then him and Hopper have that that badass fight inside the the fun house at the at the fair, where he just dumps a magazine in the guy and he gets back up. Cause I'm like, dude, headshots. Of course the guy's got a vest on. But that just kind of like increases illusion of this is the Russian Terminator. Cause after he gets shot, he just gets back up, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Hell, even that one time where he just picks that dude up and like crushes his neck, like holding him up one hand, and you're like, is this guy a robot? <laughs> I'm not. Under convinced this is not the Terminator. Yeah, I I don't know. You know, I mean, I feel like Hopper with his training would know how to properly dispatch a suspect. You know, it's like if it's kill or be killed. Like you know, Hopper's more of a brawler. This guy's like a trained soldier. 
All the more reason to take the head. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, you know, oh, you want to lay down and play? Di- I, double tap. Yeah. Like, Zombieland not taught anybody any Double tap. Always double tap. <laughs> and hell, like, yeah, when they when they decide to break into the the base and, and blow the thing up, it's like, Hopper's finally his enemy. He's like, all right, screw this. Yeah, I got me an AK-47. And, like, as soon as they, the you know, and, of course, you know, Murray screws the whole thing. It's like, if we do this right... They won't even know we're here. Oh, you've just said it's easy. You've definitely screwed us. Door opens. There's all the Russian soldiers. And he's like, starts trying to negotiate with him. Like, no, no, we, we have papers. We're here for Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Comrade. Like, Lieutenant who? Uh, Maltov? <laughs> it's like, and then Hopper's like, fuck this. <laughs> it's just like, when in doubt, just shoot everybody. Like, I'm tired of these fuckers. I'm like, I'm not asking any more questions. I'm just, you know, going full AK on these guys. Definitely felt like that's some serious Metal Gear Solid shit. <laughs> yeah. And props, too, because I was like, when they showed up in the Russian uniforms later on, I'm like, you just shot all these guys. Like, why aren't they covered in blood? And then finally I seen, like, I didn't miss it the first time. I'm like, are those uniforms, like, clean? But no, when they are when they start to crawl into the... Uh, the ductwork, you can still there see there's still bullet holes in the jackets. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought they just like totally had like a a, a screwed up moment there where like I just shot a bunch of guys, but there's no bullet holes in these stolen uniforms. I mean, we've seen that in John Wick, dude. They've got that <laughs> you know high tensile, you know fucking steel yeah, bullet- fabric and shit, like <laughs> bulletproof uh, clothing. Oh, uh, but then you know we get the two the battle of Starcourt Mall, where the kids are fighting Billy and the Mind Flayer's body. And Joyce and Hopper and Murray's fighting Russians in the in the basement, and they Hopper has to fight the Terminator and throw his ass into the machine, but then gets trapped and kind of gives her the nod, like, "Yeah, shut this down. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the, the hero sacrifice play." And that's another guy, freaking, you know, uh, you know, old uh, Steve can't get a date. You know, freaking Hopper, like, you know, gets stood up, and then you know when he finally like gets a date with Joyce, like, he gets blown up. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I was kind of wondering, you know, like, did, did they really just kill him off, or... I don't think so. Like, because, you know, after the the mall's blowed up, and kind of like the end of uh, Monster Squad, the army doesn't show up until the, the kids have already taken care of the monsters. But when the army guys raid the base... They don't find any Russians. Like, they've all gone. So, obviously, they had, like, an escape route. So, all, like, because when you see them clearing the building, they don't have any fights. Like, all the Russians are gone that weren't, you know, disintegrated in the explosion. And then you post credits or kind of at the end, you show it, shows up at some Russian base. And the two Russians guys are going through, like, a jail cell area because it's feeding time. And they go to open one cell and, like, no, no, not the American. Get the other guy. You don't show who the American is, but I'm pretty sure, like, Hopper didn't die, and when the Russians bugged out, they found an injured Hopper and took his ass with him. You know, because they didn't find any Russians, they didn't find a body, so they're like, well, he probably got disintegrated in the explosion, but I'm pretty sure we're going to find out season four, Russians, or, you know, freaking Hopper's in some Russian prison. Maybe. And, of course, they've gotten a captured Demogorgon that they're feeding prisoners to. <laughs> with their pet Demogorgon, because it's going to be... There's going to be some fucked up shit next season. <laughs> Out of all the potential pets, why? I mean, I know Russians like their wolf dogs and stuff. <laughs> I mean... I don't know. I, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what direction Season 4 has. Because this season, you know, really kind of caught me off guard. You know, it wasn't, you know, as quirky or as lighthearted as some of the previous stuff, so. Yeah, shit definitely got dark this season, uh, and just like, yeah, that fight with the, with that thing. And it's like, you know, even though it's over, it's like, oh, these people just don't get happy endings. (laughs) No. Uh, but them fighting the monster with, uh, with freaking, uh, fireworks. (laughs) That that was pretty pretty awesome. And like, oh look, it's the what the hell was what like the the devil bomb or whatever. But like you know, fireworks always have cool names. But he's like, you strap two of these together, you got a M eighty. You strap four of them, you got a stick of dynamite. <laughs> it sounds like such like you know, what kid logic. We, what are you talking about? Every time we get fireworks, it's like, how many of these can we put together? Yeah, true enough. <laughs> You boys like Tannerite? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And you don't want to have Joyce in a gunfight, because yeah, Hopper's all like fighting and stuff, and she's like, Here, I got this gun, and like tosses like the gun over his head to like the bad guy. <laughs> it's like, damn it, Joyce, quit trying to help me. <laughs> I see what you're doing, it's just not working. <laughs> oh. And I I love Hopper interrogating the mayor when they go in there and he's like starts beating the shit out of it and uh the secretary's like goes to like grab the phone and Joyce just yanks the phone code out of the wall she's like who are you gonna call the cops <laughs> <laughs> oh and yeah the- I I I don't know I definitely feel like Hopper needs more of a police force though <laughs> Yeah, because his two idiot uh, deputies, like, they, they never accomplish anything. It's it's always Hopper in the middle of all the bullshit. <laughs> and when he calls, tries to call Dr. Owens uh, from season two to, to let him go and so on, and he calls calls the weird CIA phone line. And he's like, uh, yeah, this is Jim Hopper. Uh, yeah, and you tell him, the doctor that the Ruskies have opened the gate. He'll know what that means. What's your authentication code? Yeah, hold on. He's like looking at his wallet, and he's like, "They're like, dude, you wrote down your secret password and put it in your wallet." And it's like, shut up, <laughs> <I'm> antique chariot. <laughs> it's like, how the hell else am I gonna remember this thing? <laughs> and I like when he when he's like telling Alexi, he's like, he's like, I'll 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 get your key. I'll you know I'll I'll stop this. And he just laughs at him, and he's like, what? He's like, he said he likes your bravery. You remind him of a fat Rambo, but even skinny Rambo could not get in this place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, is that really what was said? <laughs> Need some actual Russian translation? Yes. Or is it all just made up shit? So, uh, as we kind of wrap up this here, uh, Cigar, you got any favorite moments from, from season three? I mean, there was one that we just never, you know... We didn't talk about that. I didn't really see coming until it was upon me. But we never spoke about our never-ending story. Oh yes, you know, because <laughs> you know, teenage love is a very embarrassing thing. <laughs> yes, because it's like I need your help to answer this question. Well, I need you to sing this song. 
Yeah, but so... my friends are here. <laughs> yeah, so Alexa, Lexi tells him the code to get the keys to stop the bomb is a famous mathematical equation called plant something constant, plants constant or something like that. And Murray thinks he knows it. It turns out he doesn't know it. And they're like, shit, we gotta find it. So Dustin's like, I know one girl smart enough that probably knows this. So he calls the girlfriend that everyone has assumed is a lie. Turns out she's actually real. And he's like, I'm trying to save the world. I need this number. She's like, well, I need something from you. Like, sing it. And he's like, fuck. So then he has to turn it over to like, so everyone can hear it. And then sings the song from Never Ending Story. And just the look on Steve's face when he hears this come across the radio. It's just so awkward. He's like, Oh man, he's like he almost feels bad. He's like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> it's like the most like, and everyone is just listening in, going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> oh, and then Dustin and Max, like you know, when they're packing up Will's house because they've decided to finally say, "Fuck this, we're getting out of this town," and they start singing the song to him. <laughs> he's like, "Is that how it goes? Why don't you say- you're butchering it?" And they're like, "No, I'm not gonna sing with you." <laughs> Even I was not, when he starts singing, I'm like, "Wait a minute, is this the never-ending story?" <laughs> I was like, "Holy shit, it is!" <laughs> ah, the things us guys do—things <laughs> you do for love. <laughs> you mean I said I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. But Dustin did that, <laughs> and now he'll have to—he's the real man. <laughs> he'll have to live it down. <laughs> and I say of. Of our new additions uh, this season, you know, I like Jake Busey's character was he was an asshole. I, 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 he he amused his as as most you know Busey characters. Yeah, he he was amusing, and like I said, I like the addition of uh, Robin this season. I thought she was a good sidekick for uh, Dustin and Steve, and even at the end too, when like you know, her and Steve kind of become best friends, and they're applying for a job at the video store, and, and you know. And they're like, we didn't get fired. The building blew up. So, like, <laughs> we didn't get fired from Scoops. And you know, she's like, what's your favorite movie? And she names, like, three, like, movies. And then Steve's like, ah, shit. Uh, Fast Times. Uh, starts naming off. And then, like, all these, like, you know, uh, was it uh, freaking Animal House and stuff like that. And the guy's like, yeah, you start Monday. You start never. And she's like, let me handle this. He's like, dude. Like, you know, the guy was an asshole to me. He's like, but yeah all the chicks did when we sold out of ice cream because girls would just come to see Steve and he'll get like just tons of ladies in here and St- little Stevie can't handle them all yourself itself he's gonna need your help so you should like have him for girl bait <laughs> and then you're, that's part of what she's thinking as well it's like I'm best friends with Steve now I'm gonna get so much ladies <laughs> and she's like, he's like well, what's in it for you are y'all two dating he's like no no we're just friends I'm like shit she's like gonna be the ultimate wingman next season I see that <laughs> See that happening? <laughs> Such a double standard. <laughs> a guy does it; he's sexist. A girl does it, and well, it's still sexist. <laughs> but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, any theories of when we're go- what we're going next season? Do you think we go to Russia? We get, we finally move out of Hawkins and go to a more global story. <laughs> You know, I'm not really sure, you know, because we saw the house being packed up, and, you know, it seems like, you know, um, folks are leaving out of Hawkins. Um, I did like the fake news report of whatever. I kind of feel like, though, that 
Everybody's going to end up back in Hawkins. <laughs> They're not going to take it to a new city. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, either it goes international, like you said, you know, we get Hopper or somebody waking up in a Russian, you know, prison camp. But then again, that whole place was under the mall. <laughs> so who's to say that they don't have some other base under Another a stadium <laughs> or something else, you know? I mean, hell, it, they'll probably use old Turner Field for something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and I, um, uh... I had a theory. Now I've lost it. Fuck it, I don't remember. But um, yeah, like I said, it. I said it may go internationally. It may, go, but I do like the fake news report kind of wrapping up what happened at the end. The the I think it was like cutting edge or something like that, and it just sounded very much like old like hard copy or some of those like, you know, freaking uh, death and destruction. Oh, Hardline uh, news. Yeah, it reminded <laughs> me so much of those eighties news news programs. Uh, so as we wrap this up, any final thoughts here on the Matafine? Yeah, good cigar. I um, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, for me, I, uh, I I don't know. I don't smoke too many, you know, Brazilian cigars, but this is probably one of the, the best Brazilian cigars I've had. Um, I, I can definitely say I prefer this over the CAO Brasilia. Yeah, um, I mean... I'm always a fan of the signature series, and then just kind of changing up the wrapper on it just kind of gives it just a a, a new element. It's a, it's definitely a yeah a nice new enjoyable. taste on the old, on an old favorite. So with that, we'll be right back. Turn around, look at what you see in her face. The mirror of your dreams. Welcome back. It's time to learn some shit like some weird Russian scientists in a mall basement. <laughs> I feel like we're in a mall basement. Let's open a gate. So speaking of mad science, uh, our favorite uh, weird scientist Elon Musk is uh, is is doing some shit. Uh, his one of the thing one of his companies he's been working on is a thing called Neuralink, where he wants to create an interface between humans and computers uh, which he says is going to assist us in battling AI because he's afraid that AI is going to try to kill us all one day so you know he's trying to make our brains computers so we can outthink Skynet apparently but you know 
the latest development in Neuralink is, you know, he was speaking at the California Academy of Sciences in San Francisco and uh, said that they've hooked up an interface to a monkey brain. They now have a monkey that can control a computer with his brain. Interesting. I guess he just downloads banana porn all day or something, but... (laughs) Yay, monkey food! (laughs) Quit monkeying around. He explains How many more monkey puns can we make? Uh, Spank the monkey. Whatever. Oh, God. (laughs) But he said humans already interface with digital systems when you use a smartphone or a laptop. But, you know, he wants to develop an input input device that instead of using fingers and thumbs, the flow of information will go directly instantaneously between the system and your brain. Where the extent between the computer and the brain becomes seamless interesting he said right now the device consists of a tiny probe of ultra thin flexible threads thinner than a human hair that can ta- can detect the activity of neurons and effectively read the brain hmm. so it's kind of like fiber optic only different <laughs> you, know, you know you're saying it's like a still a long way to go before this can be used on humans, but, you know, it's, it's started off, they've, you know, been able to have like an 87% success rate of implanting these types of devices in rodents, and for the first time, they've jumped up to monkeys, so, like it said, it's something like I said, he's, he, uh, he thinks this will help ward off the existential threat of AI by making us better able to communicate with our computer overlord someday. Or... You know, our computer AI is going to be like, damn, they are just a bunch of primates. <laughs> damn monkey brains. Either that or it's going to be like Planet of the Apes. The monkey becomes super smart and it builds Skynet. Yeah. And we get Terminator monkeys attacking us. But then again, this also could have, you know, a better interface in like, you know, prosthetics and shit. Like, you know, building robot appendages that can operate... The way your hand, the way your brain on. operates your you know, your regular arms or legs, so it you know potentially has cool applications instead of just you know monkey terminators, <laughs> but it's definitely a a big step in that area. Also, speaking of weird things, uh, we talked about the rating of Area Fifty One uh, last episode. And since then, the amount of people who have checked in on the Facebook group is over a million people saying they're going to participate in this raid. So much that the U.S. military has finally released a statement <laughs> regarding the threat to Area 51. <laughs> I mean, is it really that much of a threat? I mean, you know, it's the military. You've got training, unlimited weapons, resources, supplies, and... People doing a Naruto run, it, you know, I well, don't feel like poses that big of a threat. And I mean, and it's not like there's a big sign that says Area 51 is here. Like, you know, I, I looked at the logistics and it's like, oh, well, even once you get into the, there's still yeah. 13 miles of <laughs> desert. desert. So, you know... People are going to hear vehicles, or they're going to, you know, like, 
they're going to know you're there, you know, a lot sooner than you realize that you're at Area 51. <laughs> well, the, uh, you know, the base is uh, controlled by the, by the Air Force, and uh, Air Force spokesperson Laura McAndrews released a message <laughs> that said, Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force. Uh, we would discourage anyone from trying to come into an area where we train American armed forces. She also continued casually reminding uh, that they prob- there's probably a lot of guns on site. <laughs> and the U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. So yeah, it's like, you know, it, there may be, but this is also a Air Force training area where we drop bombs on motherfuckers. <laughs> so yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Because we put warheads on foreheads. That's what we do. <laughs> warheads on foreheads. I like it. That needs to be somebody's motto. <laughs> so, yeah, anyone... We're not talking about candy. <laughs> so, anyone who's potentially thinking of uh, of joining this raid, the, the Air Force is, is well aware of it, and they are prepared to respond. I, uh... <laughs> I, I still stand by my premise that this is by the same group that brought us the fat, Flat Earth Society. <laughs> Either that or it's just fire marking for some freaking Independence Day 3 or something. <laughs> it's it's all a big, uh, <laughs> big uh, internet joke. Clap them cheeks. Yep. Oh, and you know, another thing we've, we had talked about on a previous episode was light sail technology, which is the, the, the new thing that, you know, propulsion in space, basically using a big sail to use solar radiation to propel spacecraft and uh, a new milestone in space exploration has been achieved currently 720 kilometers above the earth light sail 2 has depleted its solar sail and is moving around the upper atmosphere uh, using the light sail it was delivered uh, developed uh, by the planetary society and was launched last month on a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket, uh, and is it just six weeks old? I mean, right now it's the thing's, you know, a bread loaf sized spacecraft. You know, it's not like a full giant, uh, you know, spacecraft yet, but it's a definite test of feasibility of this shit, you know, actually works. And they're saying this is going to be a, a, you know, Chief Operating Officer Jennifer Vaughn is saying this is a huge milestone in the development of light cell technology and. You know, could you yeah, power spaceships with just the power of sunlight? Which is awesome. Unless the sun burns out. <laughs> Which, then I guess we got bigger problems. <laughs> and this, apparently, is these light sails, like the one they're currently using, is it is the it's as big as two parking spaces, but it's only 4.5 microns thick, which is thinner than a strand of spider's web. So it's, you know very delicate and easily you know packed up to deploy into space so it's not going to be you know once they develop bigger ships it's something that's you know not going to be hard to get into space because it will great now it's got envision of you know spiders in space (laughs) it's kind of like uh if you remember uh count dooku's ship and and like the second new star wars movie it's like very much like would look something similar to that. And also, you know, remember a little movie called San Andreas with, you know, The Rock uh, fighting 
earthquakes. <laughs> Which I, I, I think we did an episode on. Yes. <laughs> well, scientists now are saying the San Andreas Fault may be about to crack. So we just dun, need dun, to get dun. the rock to stand on each side of it and hold it together and it'll be okay, you know? That's what happens in the movies, right? Yeah. Well, the director of the Southern California Earthquake Center, Thomas Jordan, made an announcement uh, saying that the San Andreas Fault appears to be in a critical state and as such could generate a large earthquake imminently. He said it's locked, loaded, and ready to go. Oh, boy. He's saying that there's not been a major release of stress since... 1857. Well, maybe it's not under stress anymore. <laughs> maybe it's de-stressed. You know, they, they started smoking weed and, you know, the, the earth is happy and mellowed out and it's not so stressed anymore. They banned <laughs> straws and, you know, fixed uh, climate control on that side of the world. I mean, eh, the world's a happier place. Yeah, it's saying that uh, there was a big uh, 7.8 magnitude in 1906 and the 6.9 earthquake in 1989 they're saying that uh, this one potentially would be much larger than than the previous ones they said you know this could be the the big one that's always been you know warned about and it could be pretty much the destruction from the san andreas movie could you know come to actual fruition if this is this actually happens or it could be you know the mind flare or something, yeah. Somebody opened Interesting. a gate. Interesting, yeah, because I, I keep seeing, you know, I guess it really depends on, you know, which part of the fault, you know, because if it happens, you know, more to land base, then, you know, we don't have to worry about the tsunamis and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, could still be quite destructive, but, you know, who knows? You know, like I, I, I've seen other apocalyptic films where basically, you know, it splits and there goes California just drifting off into Hawaii. Oh, what was that movie uh, Escape from L.A.? <laughs> yeah. It becomes like a island penal colony. I mean, of all the complaints we have about California, maybe it is time that there's just somebody throws a little bit of uh, bleach in the old uh, gene pool and just kind of, you know, <laughs> starts over. Just, <laughs> just clean things up a little bit. <laughs> you know, a little, little natural selection take effect. Maybe we need to do a, a uh, maybe maybe that needs to be our, our campaign. You know, all these people that want to go to Area 51, maybe, you know, we need half the people to, you know, stand on one side of the fault, the other group <laughs> on the other half, and join hands and, you know, hold the earth together. Now, see, we can't stop it, because it being California, some hippie group will start protesting and say, Earthquake Lives Matter, and, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> Fixing this would be you know, some kind of violation of you know, earth rights or some shit. Maybe we can just duct tape the faults, fill in the voids. Get some of uh, that flex seal stuff. <laughs> I mean, if we can stop a hole in a boat, we should be able to patch a fault line. Where's uh? I like it. Yeah, you know, Billy Mays. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, he yeah. You know, he said that stuff was good. <laughs> Billy Mays here. <laughs> I know you're wearing a blue shirt. You kind of got a Billy Mays thing going right now. <laughs> Practicing my future infomercial career. Uh, that's all I, bad science I got for you this week, so we'll be right back with some news. How deep? DragonCon 2019 is fast approaching, so fill up your buckets of rum and keep up with the latest news 
announcements, interviews, and mispronunciations of guest names as only the Con Report podcast crew can make. Let us be your guide each month as we count down to the big event on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite media play. Listen to the Dragon Con Con Report. It's almost as good as being there, but without the long lines, smelly gamers, and hangover. And now it's time for all things nerdy and nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. All right. Uh, this week we had a little event wrap up. Something called like San Diego Dragon Con, Comic Con, Kamikaze Con, something con. That West Coast Con. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with that. All kinds of movie news. So this rendition of Nerd News, we are going to talk about upcoming movies. Lots and of uh, trailers. <laughs> yes. Tis uh, the season of trailers. Yay, finally. Um, and one of the trailers is uh, a throwback. <laughs> Speaking to, of the 80s. <laughs> yes, to the 80s. Top Guns Maverick. Highway to the... Danger Zone. <laughs> Which really put that song in perspective. Yeah. I gotta like, when they first, uh, we're doing a Top Gun sequel, like, 30-something years later, I'm like, really? Like, this is gonna suck. Like, Tom Cruise has gotta be old as shit. And then that trailer, came, and you hear that, the friggin' Top Gun theme kicks up, and I'm like, oh shit. And then it's like, oh damn, this looks good. <laughs> but, you know, all they're doing is playing off your nostalgia, Joe. I don't care, I'm sold. <laughs> they hit me right in the... the Friggin' Top Gun is, like, one of my favorite movies. I mean, if you've never seen Top Gun, you're not American. <laughs> so what am I? You might be a communist. Oh, boy. Are you working in a mall? Scooping ice cream. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, with this one, yeah, it looks cool. Uh, it's going to play to nostalgia. Is it going to have the impact that the first one did? I I'm not sold on it. You know, oh, those, I mean, I, I won't the say the jet that... scenes from the trailer look badass. I mean, when he's like flying low over the like in that whatever valley. I mean, it's been 30 years. We've had awesome. a lot of change in technology and stuff like that. So I'm sure, like, I mean, just they're flying visually, like F-18s like... instead of Tomcats, which is weird. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think visually it's going to be pretty cool. Like, it's one of those that's like, I wish there was like, you know full motion so when the jets you know do a barrel roll you're in a seat that barrel rolls and stuff yeah, like for a couple years ago for the anniversary they re-released top gun in imax 3d and seeing that again on like freaking imax is like oh shit this this holds up this looks amazing so yeah with modern technology and shooting abilities i'm interested to see what they've <laughs> what they've accomplished yeah no i mean i i, I think it's gonna be fun i just you know Talk just, to me, Goose. I, well, I just feel like, you know, oftentimes it's like, stop just feeding on nostalgia. Like, let's do something original. Because there's not too much original content. It's just, let's keep reproducing the things that were successful. Then again, as much as I hate reboots, I, I do I do like applaud a, a, a sequel and not a Top Gun reboot. <laughs> It's a reboot. They just called it a sequel. No way. Tom Cruise is like freaking uh probably gonna be the the freaking teacher this time around. <laughs> I don't 
know. From the looks of it, I I don't know that he's earned that level of respect yet. <laughs> uh, it kind of reminds me of Wedge from like the Star Wars Expanded Universe, where he like refused any promotion because he didn't want to do anything that would take them him out of a uh, an X-wing fighter. It kind of reminds me of that storyline because he's like, you know, it starts off with like the admiral going like, "You've been in the military for thirty years. You should be a uh, like admiral by now, but you're still a captain." <laughs> I want to do the fun shit, not the paperwork shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to put warheads on foreheads. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, well, speaking of foreheads, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about some zombies. It's like, yeah, as much as we think the zombie genre is dying out, nope, it's still alive. Or well, you know, they're taking, undead, you know, um, they're making a Walking Dead movie that's centered around the Walking Dead universe. Apparently that's a thing. I haven't looked at all the details, because I'm like, Five years behind on the show, but <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped watching that long ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, a little film snuck up on me called Little Monsters, <laughs> and I mean, dude, it looks silly and gruesome in the best way possible. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's what I look for in a zombie film. You know, <laughs> looks like it's gonna be fun. Looks like you know, there, there's yeah, it's like a. You know, elementary school teacher on a field trip and a zombie outbreak breaks out at some I kind mean, of that like petting zoo. I mean, but that is probably the the best thing. You know, it's like, oh, see those guys over there. Yeah, you you know how to play tag, right? Well, they're it, so you stay away. And it's like, ah, it all makes sense. Like, shit. Uh, yeah, the teacher comes in covered in blood and uh, and it's like, what happened to you? Oh, I got caught in a jam fight. Don't taste it. <laughs> And I like they even make the the military guys make the joke like, "What are we doing here, Sarge? <sighs> Zombies again? Fast ones or slow ones? <laughs> it's the slow ones. Oh, good. I like them when they're slow." <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I mean, I I love films that don't take themselves too seriously, and sometimes with zombie flicks, they can take themselves too seriously. So uh, I mean, this looks like it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be quirky, and um, I don't know. I mean, it probably won't be like some huge blockbuster you know <laughs> but it's right up my alley oh, yeah. i like it uh another zombie film two zombie films what <laughs> i thought thought what we were done with zombies uh nope 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 this time we're gonna Let's... learn about the double tap we talked about the double tap earlier now we're gonna talk about zombie land double tap uh, if any movie deserves a sequel it's got to be zombie like that first zombie land movie was absolutely hilarious uh, it's one probably one of my favorite i mean it still is one movies. of my favorite you know films yes and it's like all the original crews back and it's funny because they've all like gone on to do like big serious roles since then so like the tra the trailer for this ser this silly zombie movie is like academy award winner jesse eisen academy award winner uh emma Tom or whatever name Emma whatever it's like Academy like what do you like they they all got like Oscars now and they're coming to back to make this silly ass zombie movie it's freaking awesome but I love it <laughs> I mean I, I, I you know look at Sharknado and how many people you know big names were looking to be part of that franchise you know I mean it's like hey yeah we're we're good we're serious but you know at the same time we want to have fun and you know just make films that folks are going to enjoy and not just you know yeah and woody harrelson's like character is my hero if there's ever a zombie apocalypse i want to be tallahassee no, <laughs> that you, would be me you're going to be delonica <laughs> just cowboy hat and guns <laughs> do you even have a cowboy hat 
Uh, I got a top hat. That's you know, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're the Lonega. <laughs> <laughs> Steampunk in a, a zombie apocalypse. Steampunk apocalypse. Get me a Gatling gun. That's kind of steampunk. Yeah, gonna burn through a lot of ammo though. <laughs> Maybe you can fill it with rocks or something. Double tap. <laughs> that would be kind of cool, actually. Um, That's something no one's done. Zombies in, like, the Old West. No, nah, uh, what was the film? Um, oh, the, the zombie parody of Little House on a Prairie. What was that? Uh, fuck, I don't even remember that. <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, what was it? It was, like, Pride and Prejudice Zombie or something. Oh, yeah, and yeah, I've never saw, saw that movie. But yeah, I want to see somebody fighting zombies with a... A Gatling gun or old school cannon. <laughs> I mean, I think that's great if they're clustered together, but you know, if they're moving towards you or anything, the reloads and such are really gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, be good for like defending a fixed position, but yeah, you don't want to travel with a Gatling gun; they're too heavy. Unless you got some mules, you can will the. <laughs> And hope a wheel doesn't break, because then it's like Oregon Trail zombies. And then you die of dysentery. <laughs> and you... Like, a zombified version of dysentery? Probably not good. Oh, zombie dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just... And, Wait, didn't we see that movie with the the, the ass zombies? Yeah. That weird yeah. Japanese movie? I don't movie. remember what that was called, but... Yeah, anyway, moving right along. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the King's Man looks like an interesting trailer. Yeah, but that, that uh, I forgot what it, might have been. Wanted to see Spider Man. It was one of the one of the trailers before that because well, you know I remember hearing that they were doing another Kingsman movie, but the original cast wasn't going to be in it. And I'm like, oh, they just going to like keep moving with a different character. No, it looks like they're doing like a prequel this time yeah. around. Like, and, to you the know, I mean, I think it first Kingsman kind of seems pretty cool to see. You know. A behind the scenes are the roots of you know yeah, how the, the the founding of uh, the Kingsman service, and and, and you know, the character the guys that got in it too are like some big actor. I mean, it, the what action I mean, sequences we saw look pretty badass. Than what I you know traditionally think of, you know, especially after the last Kingsman film, you know. So, but at the same time, it's like. It's that side that's like I've always kind of wanted to know. Yeah, so, it looks a little bit more serious spy than kind of comedic spy. Than it it, it, it kind of almost started off as a parody of spy movies, and now it's like it's turning into an actual spy movie. <laughs> but as long as the action's still badass, I'm down. Yeah, I, I, and we've definitely got some badass action flicks. So I mean, it's it's I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. So February 2020 is when that's slated to release. Uh, let's talk about reboots. And this one actually has reboot in the title. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Reboot. And in uh, ways that only Kevin Smith could do it, you know? I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he's gotten the, the gang back together, all the people. Even, hell, he hadn't talked to Affleck in like 10 years, and even he's got Affleck back in this thing. And Is it's, he playing Batman? <laughs> no. Speaking of the 80s, I mean, you know, it's 
If you saw the original Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, it's Jay and Silent Bob travel across the country to stop the movie based on the characters based on them, Bluntman and Chronic. And in this era of everything being a bad reboot, they're rebooting Bluntman and Chronic, and now they have to travel across the country and stop that movie from being made. <laughs> but it looks like it makes... I mean, it looks like there's a story about Jay having a kid that he didn't know about, but then also and having to learn how to be a father. But also, it makes fun of all the tropes of reboots. I mean, there's... A gender swap, uh, you know, this time the character of Chronic, which was played by uh, James Vanderbeek in the last movie, is now played by Supergirl Melissa Benoints. They've turned the J character into a girl. And speaking of Top Gun, Val Kimmerel playing Bluntman in the reboot. <laughs> I, and, and I don't know. I mean, I'm a big fan of just about everything that Kevin Smith does. Yeah, it's been so long. Unless, unless, you know, he has some podcasters go full walrus and things just get a little <laughs> bit weird. It's a little, uh, too, too, little too close to home. Yeah, he's been making these weird, like, horror movies and shit. I mean, it's kind of good to see him returning to his origins at least one more time and giving us a yeah. And I was kind of curious, you know, I was like, man, he's lost a lot of weight, you know, since the last time, you know, he played um, Silent Bob. And, you know, I was like, watching it, I was like... I don't feel like he's missing, you know, because he used to be... The coat hides a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because I remember hearing him on one of his podcasts. He's like, he wrote this movie before he had the heart attack and, and went... V- so he's like, there was all these fat jokes in the script that I had to go back and rewrite because I'm not fat anymore. So I changed them all to vegan jokes. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks just as quirky and just as humorous as... Uh, as Jay and Silent Bob, so uh, this is one reboot that I'm gonna allow and <laughs> say that I'm excited for. Yeah, this one's gonna be gonna be fun. I mean, he was gonna before it actually even comes out in theaters. He's taking it on a road tour, and as soon as the tickets went on sale, the Atlanta show sold out like immediately. And I was like, "Fuck!" Because that was one I was like really wanting to go go to, but that I mean, the tickets were gone almost instantly. So that's kind of a good sign for for Kevin bringing bringing back the the Jay and Bob. Spring and sexy back. Yep. All right, something not so sexy. Uh, Jay and skinny Bob. <laughs> um, it's chapter two. We finally have the final trailer, so the adults are going back to Deary to see what's going on in the world Professor of Pennywise. <laughs> oh, yet. Yeah. That f- the first one was creepy as shit, and this one looks to be just as as fucked up as that. That for you know, uh, as much as I hate reboots, the it one is one who is has kind of passed the uh, the test of suck. I mean, it it definitely held up a lot better than them redoing Pet Cemetery, um, <laughs> and a lot of other reboots. But you know, I mean, I don't know. I you know, we were kind of anticipating getting the adult, you know side of the the story so you know i think it'll be interesting to see everybody grown up and you know i feel like when you're a kid you're a little bit limited to your arsenal and you know the ways you would go about you know potentially fighting a a pennywise but as an adult (laughs) you have uh you know additional resources and skills and strength and you know, I wonder how that uh, that holds up in the. When you gotta kill an evil clown, get you an AK forty seven. <laughs> Be Hopper. <laughs> yeah, but not like one of the California AK forty sevens where you can't have an extended magazine. 
Yeah, what state was Derry in? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Looks Midwesty. They probably got guns. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't remember what state it was. I feel like it's a Pennsylvania, you know. Yeah, it's probably or, Northeast. You know, all those Stephen King stuff seems to be like set in somewhere around Maine. Watch it. It's probably like, you know, San Francisco or something. <laughs> You're just screwed, you know. Go to the hardware store and figure out how to defend yourself. Yeah, sledgehammers. Chainsaws. I like the idea of a chainsaw. I mean, it worked for Bruce. And I haven't seen too many films where a chainsaw has been used near as effectively in a long time. Gotta bring you know, we don't really back. have Leatherface, you know, doing his chainsaw stuff anymore. Don't really have Ash doing a whole lot with chainsaw. I feel like chainsaws need to make a comeback. Exactly. Get on it, Hollywood. Make the chainsaw sexy again. Make chainsaws great again. (laughs) The saw is family. (laughs) Any other tidbits of news information you want to share with the fine listeners at home? Oh, well, along with the San Diego, last time we talked about we didn't know what Marvel's Phase 4 was going to be. There's a Phase 4? Yeah, there's a a whole list of, of new upcoming Marvel movies. Uh, I thought they were just going to stop after Endgame because, you know, it's end. <laughs> no, but that, you know, list up there, we got, uh, uh, was it The Eternals, Black Widow? Uh, oh, of course they would call something The Eternals. Just give them an excuse to never stop making films. Okay, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get off that soapbox because, uh, yeah, you know, we did get Phase 4. And I got to say, like, I'm, I'm kind of excited. You know, when we talked about um, Far From Home, you know, it was refreshing, you know, after coming down from 11 years of stuff in the making. So I'm curious to see what the next 11 years um, have in store for us, you know, because we're going to get to revisit, you know, with the the Guardians, um, you know, some of the other characters that haven't quite, you know, had the level of exposure of, you know, due to the Captain Americas and the, the Tony Starks and... Yeah, so far for Phase 4, we have Black Widow in May of 2020 is the first one. There's Falcon and Winter Soldier on the Disney+, Plus, The Eternals, uh, November of 2020, uh, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, is that which they're finally going to bring the real Mandarin and not the fake Iron Man 3 Mandarin. There's a WandaVision series, uh, spring of 2021, uh, a Loki series... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And they've also announced a Hawkeye series, an animated Marvel What If series, and November 2021 Thor Love and Thunder, which they've, they're bringing back uh, uh, Natalie Portman's character, who, who apparently is going to be Lady, they're going to do the Lady Thor uh, story. And not no release date for it yet, but they've also announced they're finally bringing Blade to the MCU. And, Unfortunately, not uh, Wesley Snipes. We're getting, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in kind of the bad guy, played uh, Cottonmouth in Luke Cage uh, Netflix series. We'll be playing the, uh, the Daywalker this time around, so that will be interesting. Yes, most definitely. So we, we at least know what's coming out for the next two years of, uh, of Marvelness uh, so far. And with that, check us out on the now working cigar nerd podcast.com and ESO network at ESO network.com. We have smoking shirts at real men smoke cigars.com. 
You can uh, get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. And with that, can we just play some D&D? And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.